Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Ricky Chino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. Oh, we are back, baby. And so is WWE. Feels so great. Rick Uccino, SP3 not here. He's currently making his way back to the United States for what feels like the first time in a damn year. Oh, they're going to let him back? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if he still has his passports. I don't know if he's gotten through customs. You know, who knows what he's trying to smuggle in? You know, from over there in the UK, hey, I, don't know, I don't know what they got over there. You know, I'm just saying, I, hey, I don't know hey, that well now. Hey, how you doing? But allegedly, uh, he's on his way back to the United States, so hopefully, he'll be joining me this week back from New York or wherever the hell he's he's coming back to. Uh, but Jeremy Bennett is in today. We did take a majority of the week off last week. Apologies for that. Homeboy needed to recharge, and man, that that is just the feeling I have right now. For the wrestling industry as a whole, man, oh. it is just recharged. It is refreshed. It is rejuvenated. It is any other adjective you could think of with R-E at the beginning of it, man. I am just pumped. I know it's a small sample size, <laughs> and I know the honeymoon period is going to wear off sooner rather than later. My God, man, my, these last few shows in WWE, I just cannot peel my eyes off the screen because I think anything can happen at any time. And the last two shows specifically, Jeremy have that has held water. And, that is and I absolutely mean, 100% held water backstage all night. Never referenced it a single time oh. until Byron said, Oh, is who is, is that so-and-so? And that was so cool. Dexter. I'm like, is this, uh, you know, I thought maybe Toxic Attraction taking out a tag team. Uh, you saw a dude drop and Nikki A.S.H. on the scene. And then yeah. I thought, well, maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe Rhea ran over Dom. She did it for the rock. I, I mean, know. he was, he was bloodied to hell. That's for dang sure. But no, man, like yeah. I would legit. We don't know what, what like, we don't know what, why and how yet. So yeah, no, <laughs> we, we don't know anything. We don't know anything like that was. That was so masterfully done. Like yeah. that angle took over the show. Yeah. That's all anybody could talk about. And they the didn't say a word about minutes. it either. No, they didn't say no. a single word. Uh, no they reference, yeah. no nothing. No. None of this just over the top brow beating you into your face. Like, hey, just see this. Just see this. Just see this. Just see this. No, it was just subtlety. Honestly, it kind of reminded me like we haven't see, really seen anything like that since the, the Bray Wyatt Easter eggs. Yeah. Right. Like you would be, you yeah. would constantly be looking across the screen for, you know, Huskis or, 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 uh, Buzzard. Uh, what was his name? Buzzard? Uh, Mercy. Buzzard. Mercy. Named, thank you. Mercy. Named him after, or, named him after Waylon Mercy. You know or, what I or mean? Or my dude, uh, Ramblin' Rabbit, you know, back here. Hey, there, there's little, there's little Bray. Sean Ross Sapp had the perfect, uh, the perfect tweet, um, about an hour into the show. He goes, there aren't any major groundbreaking changes that we're seeing to Raw but they're common sense, better matches, more attention to prestige of titles, winning, getting title shots, promoting matches for the future, not doing a match every, or don't do not doing the same match five times. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's it's not earth shattering stuff that they're doing. It's just common sense little changes. And then there's the big shock factor, right? Um, which we will get into all of the big shocking like we, we got five we got five people so far who have either been let go for the company or were supposed to be uh on their way out the door that are now being featured prominently most of them anyway we do, we don't know what dexter loomis uh is going to be doing uh but certainly a lot more than what he had been doing for the company in the last few weeks which was a big old nothing we got so much to get into <laughs> triple h putting his stamp creatively like we've talked about so far carrying cross and scarlet are back and they are back in a big way dexter loomis crashing a car crashing monday night raw we got all of that John Laurinaitis, remember him? Johnny Ace, now called Johnny Unemployed. We'll dive into all of that. So much more. Got to shout out my dude, Champa. He arrived last night. Oh, by the way, they also unveiled the women's tag team title tournament bracket, and we had our first match. It went about as you would expect. The bracket, however, not exactly what I was expecting. We got so much uh, to get caught up on here. First things first, though, got to thank our friends over at Bet Online, the fastest, easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, uh, the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting to props. And futures head on over to the bet online today or use your mobile device to join make your first sports bet use our promo code believe 50 b-l-e-a-v five zero to receive your 50 percent. i said 50 percent. welcome 50. bonus on first deposit bet online where the game starts and let's just dive into you know the the creative stamp that that triple h has really put on this and if, if anybody is still out there thinking that Vince McMahon is still <laughs> lurking in the shadow. And he's still calling the shots. And it's ever he has to put his stamp of approval on everything. Wake up. If that if that like, was the stop, case, if that was the case, AJ drugs. Styles and Miz would not have a no DQ main event on Raw. <laughs> stop, stop, stop smoking the drugs. Whatever yeah. it is you're taking, stop reading, you know, uh, Infowars and just stop, stop <laughs> with conspiracy theory, horse shit, all of it. Just, just stop. It ain't it. No, that's not what's going down here. No. Sean Ross app. We brought him up executive producer of the show. Not really, but he might as well be because he constantly gives us content to talk about. Look, man, he, he had, he had the, the, the scoop from top men, top inside of wwe saying look man vince ain't here no more he ain't calling the shots we don't have to go through him for approval to anything he is listed internally on the termination sheet like vince mcmahon is gone and it could not be more evident by that tweet from srs that you you ran down man it's not been yeah. like groundbreaking earth-shattering stuff that triple h has been doing but he has been implementing common sense stuff that a lot of us have been just screaming for for so damn long. And it has made the show that much better overnight. And I mean, overnight, he's only been in actual creative control for three shows, three, 
yeah. because he had to run Summer with Slam. script all the way through SummerSlam, and yep. then the reset button hit, right? So yep. we've had two Raws and a SmackDown, technically an NXT, but I, I don't know what's going on. And you can see it uh, right the day Vince announced his retirement. You could see that it was mu- the, the, the superstars were much looser. Uh, they, oh, they, yeah, seemed, yeah, yeah. they had, you could already tell a different attitude. Of course, uh, Xavier Woods was dropping New Japan and uh, ROH on on my on the microphone and and uh, but you could just see it in the uh, just in the demeanor of people coming out to the ring that it already felt different on that Friday that he announced his retirement, which is now going to be close to three weeks ago here. Yeah, and on top of putting his creative stamp on everything and and moving the company in a new direction. A much needed new direction. Triple H is also going, hey, you know all those cuts that we made? <laughs> yeah, we, we 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 cut a little too deep, right? They they pulled the radio, all right. Like in, in the radio business, okay. Uh when they're when there's a major company and they do widespread cuts, what they do is is they they cut to a certain line no matter what, spread out the work. And then once they realize where they're really kind of screwed up, that's when they'll bring in some new people and they realize that they overcut. That's what Triple H immediately did as soon as he came in and said, hey, look, we overcut. The depth is is shallow. The pool is shallow. We need to bring some people back. His first call was to, to Dakota Kai and EO Sky. God love you, Bailey. Even you got it wrong last night and you rolled with it. I love that promo from her last night. That's that another that's another subtle change that I really like is the openness with the microphones. And we'll dive into all those here in a little bit. But, you know, getting EO and Dakota back and putting them in a prominent role was great. I thought that was a brilliant move. And then bringing back Karrion Cross and Scarlett Friday night on SmackDown. PWI says they are on the blue brand, which was badly needed. They really needed personnel on Monday night or excuse me on Friday night SmackDown. It feels like raw has been getting all the treats, all the treats this year. Like raw has been the good dog. Raw has been the good boy. They get all the treats. They got the big Cody Rhodes, you know, raw hide chew toy, you know, earlier on in the year. And now they're getting, you know, Dakota and Bailey and EO and now Dexter Loomis. Apparently uh, he made his brief appearance last night on Monday Night Raw with with the car and everything like that. So now you're bringing more people into the fold. But Cross and Scarlet making their return. Was was such an eye opener, if that. If that right there wasn't proof enough that Vince ain't in town no more, I don't know what it is. You're talking about this guy <laughs> and who I mean this wholeheartedly because there were a lot of swings and misses by Vince McMahon in his latter years. Karrion Cross might be the last big fuck up of the Vince McMahon regime in WWE. Karrion Cross is a tailor made. WWE main eventer exactly what Vince McMahon usually looks for big badass can work in the ring but he's not overly flashy he's just a dominant ass kicker straight out of the the Brock Lesnar realm right just not as freakishly huge but still jacked beyond all belief 
He can cut a promo. He's got the look. He's got the girl. He had the entrance. And then he took all of that, flushed it down the toilet, put him in a damn gimp suit, and trotted him out there and made him lose his first match to Jeff Hardy in two minutes and killed him. Immediately killed him. And when he yep. couldn't get the damn gimp mask over, they let him go. And I'm going, what are you doing? Especially after Triple H put that man in a position to be a main event player. That dude did not lose all except for like one match in NXT when he dropped the NXT championship to Samoa Joe. And then he was up on the main roster and Vince just said, screw you and your vision. Get out of here. We don't need you, young man, no more. Let him and Scarlett go. This was Triple H sending a message. And immediately, immediately, he has been thrust into the main event picture on SmackDown. I love this move. I could not love this move. I know there are people out there who are not carrying cross fans, and that is fine. You're not going to be a fan of everybody. I understand that. I don't see what the big deal is personally. But at least Triple H knows, look, man, we need dudes to go up against Roman Reigns. That pool was very, very shallow because the dude's been champion for two years. He's beaten literally almost everybody. Now, all of a sudden, we're getting fresh, new blood in the main event scene, and it's a guy who's as big a badass as Karrion Cross. Sign me the hell up. Brilliant move. I loved it by Triple H bringing him back, and Scarlett, for that matter. Yeah, we were under the assumption that it was going to be a done deal, but holy crap, I didn't realize it was going to be Friday. Uh, I, I was completely blindsided, but that was badass when they had uh, the camera right on the side of Drew and in black and white looking at Scarlet up on the ramp. I thought that was a great shot. And then Cross coming out of nowhere to attack Drew. I thought that was completely well done. And of course, Drew with a great tweet afterwards. Was I just jumped by the guy <laughs> last seen wearing bondage and a helmet? I've had better Fridays. Uh, this is great. Uh, you know, Scarlet may you know, I know Scarlett has ambitions to wrestle, so uh, that's not going to be uh, immediate, but I, I, they are going to listen where in the past they were not listening. So uh, this is tremendous. And hey, this is an example of carrying cross betting on himself. He turned down a squash job against Wardlow on AEW because he didn't want to ruin his brand. And well, it was already ruined by WWE. Yeah, he was on like a yeah, uh, 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 like a trying to think of the word I'm I'm thinking here. Like he, uh, he's trying to he was trying to fix the shit Vince broke. Yeah, he he turned he was he basically had to reinvent himself. He had yeah. to he was had to change everything again. He had to build his credibility back. Basically, yep, yep. So uh, clearly that's the case because according to Sean Ross Sapp, he is listed as the number two heel on the death chart, which is interesting because obviously, uh, well, Roman Reigns, I don't know. He's kind of been a heel sometimes, and sometimes he's been pandering to the crowd more. So it, it's kind of hard to uh, figure out where to put him on that case. But uh, obviously with someone being champion that long, people are kind of yearning for somebody to step up and take it off him right now, which I thought was going to be clear that it was going to be Drew McIntyre. It probably still is going to be Drew McIntyre. You just got your next guy to, to step up possibly and challenge drew for the title um you know drew, I, I wouldn't be surprised if drew's reign is short and cross takes it off him to be honest because i think roman's probably going to take time off eventually uh because you know 
it's in the contract now. What he's are you not talking working. about? He's already taken time off this year. Right. Well, when he loses that title, I think it's going to be even lengthier. And so oh, then, uh, you know, I, I think Drew might, you know, gets the big win in front of a big crowd, his home country, something he didn't get when he won that first title. He's going to get that at Clash at the Castle. But I bet you, I bet you Cross takes it off of him before the end of the year. We'll talk about that more in the, in the world title picture because there was another report uh, surrounding Karrion Cross and why exactly he's being brought in and put in this position that he is in right now. So we will dive into that uh, coming up here in a little bit. Do want to dive back into Dexter Loomis, who made a very brief appearance to close out Monday Night Raw. This was, like I said at the top of the show, this was brilliantly done. This was an underlying current for the whole entire show for the last 90 minutes. Kevin Owens, we'll talk about here in a little bit, cut a great promo backstage after he basically murdered a man. Kevin Patrick wanting to know what, what the hell was going on through his mind. And all anybody could focus was the camera angle, which was perfectly set up off in the distance. There was a car accident. Everybody's going, what the hell is this? <laughs> Engine smoking. You got dude drop and Nikki ASH just standing around there talking to security. We get backstage again later on when they're now interviewing Nikki ASH and do drop and then Bailey and her crew come up and you could see security standing around the car and all of a sudden they go rushing past uh, the ladies as they turn around and here comes AJ Styles. As you said earlier, they never focused on it. No, never Kevin even looked at it. it. He like looked at it kind of uh, after that Kevin Owens interview, but never acknowledged it. And then they never acknowledged it when they didn't even acknowledge it when the people ran right in front of of oscar yeah. and alexa I, and I, think, I think byron said what what's what's that or what was going on but it was yeah. very quickly dismissed they did what made me realize that it was a work is that their social media teams were the ones that were drawing attention to it because that's oh. what everybody was talking about yeah. on social media was what the hell's going on with the car so you had wwe fox even though it was the usa show they were tweeting about it you had wwe's twitter account sending out tweets about it so i knew it was a work and let's I talk about was- let's talk about that backstage smooth transition from interviewing alexa and oscar to the people running in front of them and then right over to AJ Styles. I thought that was a pretty smooth thing that I wish, I hope they do more backstage of. And let's get rid of Kevin Dunn because, well, we completely missed uh, a Miz attacking him through the ropes there because they had to cut to the crowd. Yeah. (sighs) Look, uh, there's a lot of things that I could say about Kevin Dunn, but that was brutal. I don't don't like to talk about people unless I've met them in person and I, uh, Fortunately, have not met that man uh, in person, but you look, didn't even man, see the Miz hardly in that frame at all because they cut back. Dude, just, we're talking know. about the same guy who missed Edge's first spear in a decade. Yep. All right. Yep. We're talking about that guy. Yep. Okay. Because they had to get in one last crowd reaction. But anyway, uh, Dexter Loomis on the House of Hardcore podcast at the beginning of the month a week ago. Uh, I've had a great relationship with Shawn Michaels and Triple H. I owe these guys a lot. We still text to this day, and I have a great relationship with those guys. How much you want to bet Triple H, the sec- the day that Triple H took over, he just sent Dexter a, a text and was like, hey, you ready to go? I'll I'll have somebody send over the paperwork like right there. There was now. so much money with him and Indy Hartwell that yeah. people loved that angle. And, uh, and it gives the people, me hope. It the gives people me loved- hope. It gives people me hope. love the slow, the slow 
slow acceptance of Johnny Gargano into uh, uh, accepting Loomis. And and uh, th- that was like one of the best told stories they did in NXT yeah. like of, of recent. Yeah. And, you know, look, uh, the way that they presented his return tonight makes me think it's the start of something. The, the way? Uh, that's I'm I'm thinking that might be the way to go. <laughs> I've said all along uh, on previous shows that I did fully expect when they were ready that Johnny and Candice would resign with WWE together. Uh, and uh, I still obviously had that predictions probably a lot closer to be truth than before, because back then we were still knee deep with Vince being in charge. So, right. Uh, well, look, here's the thing. I've always felt like Johnny's exit from the company wasn't him saying goithe to WWE it was him saying goodbye to NXT. Yeah. A lot of people realized that it wasn't the black and gold brand anymore. It was this new thing that they didn't fit in. It was square pegs, round holes. And you you listen to everybody else's like exit interviews, right? Whether it's with Renee Paquette or whomever. I they did a, I, I, I did one with Jonah, right? And it's like, you know, we 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 talk about all these things and they all sound very, very similar, right? They they list out their grievances, they thank them for everything that they did for them, and now they're ready for the next thing. Johnny always was he always had that door wide open. Always had that door wide open saying, look, man, there's still things there that I want to accomplish. I want to win the Intercontinental Championship. I want to wrestle at WrestleMania. I'm not going to be able to do those things anywhere else. And that always gave me the idea that Johnny was at least 50-50 he was going to come back. I think Johnny Johnny is smart enough to realize that now with Triple H in charge, Mm -hmm. I think he looks at WWE and goes, they need me more than AEW needs me. AEW doesn't need Johnny Gargano. They got dudes on the show right now. They got yeah. dudes. Miro ain't doing shit right now, and he hasn't been doing anything for the better part of a year. Andrade, they haven't really done anything of substance with him since he got brought over. You're going to bring in Johnny Gargano and do what with him? Even yeah. Athena. Athena, who are they just continuously are, are push, kicking the can down the road for whenever she's going to fight Jade Cargill. It's great that Cargill is is getting on TV and, you know, she's continuing to be presented as, as the big star that she is. And I got SP3 telling me, don't worry, they're going to get that Athena match at, at, at All Out. And that's where it's going to be. And it's going to be on this big stage. That's great. Put Athena on television and build her up too. Ruby Riot's even worse. Putting her on dark. Ruby Riot's even in a worse sp- spot. I mean, they, they, they have a lot of people. And, and I'm not saying that, I'm not, I'm not sitting here complaining and I'm not saying that AEW is garbage for it. I'm just saying they have three hours of television every week. It's hard to fit people on the show. Yeah. I would like to see more than one women's match every dynamite. At least they had baby steps here. The one dynamite that I was at in Columbus on Wednesday, the, the ladies tore the freaking house down in that 830 slot instead of yep. the 930 slot so baby steps right baby steps and he's always great at mixing in things a little bit but i'd like to see more athena on television i'd like to see more miro i'd like to see more andrade and it's hard to get into those spots so i think johnny would look at that and go all right what would i do over there as opposed to what would i do with triple h and it's something about the devil you know or against the devil you don't. I'm not saying Triple H is the devil, obviously, but I think he would be featured more prominently on WWE. 
But again, I'm, I, but again, I'm speaking for Johnny right now, and I'm just talking out of my ass, right? I am completely talking out of my ass on this. And you, you can't forget the fact that this is a th- company that's only three years old. There are going to be things that they got to figure out. Oh, Tony acquired, Tony acquired a lot of parts, and they are exciting parts. They're great parts. Um, and you also had a lot of great parts already there that have come up for the Indies, uh, or have literally come up from, say, a Nightmare Factory, and have done some good work. Um, you know, but there are going to be growing pains. And this is one of the big ones right now is Tony Khan figuring out what to do with everybody that he's got. Now, obviously this year uh, and next year, there are going to be a lot of contracts that run up. And now that Triple H is in charge, uh, you, you definitely know that there's going to be a lot more people that want to test their wa- test their their might in, in NXT or WWE because there's been a report now that they're stepping away from this 2.0 stuff, not really necessarily going back to the black and gold, but NXT is going to maybe kind of get back to what it used to be a little bit. Uh, yeah. Tweaked up a, a little bit. You're I think yeah. we're going to get uh, 2.5, right? We're going to get some kind of a hybrid <laughs> or maybe 1.5, right? Like take one and two and mix them together and you get yeah. 1.5. I think that's something that we're going to get there, but you know, to your point, right. And, and Tony Khan brought this up. He was very, very quick to shun any ideas that Malachi would be going back or, or Adam Cole would be going back because he hadn't locked up for five years, right? They ain't going anywhere till 2027, 2028. That's fine. But I look at guys like Ricky Starks. Yeah, look at guys with AEW in in 20, like what, late 2019, 2020, somewhere around there. His contract, if he signed a three-year deal, it's going to be coming up soon. I look at guys like that, and I, I can't help. And I don't know, again, I don't know shit. I wish that WWE and AEW were more like Major League Baseball. I could log on right now and tell you what Joey Votto of the Cincinnati Reds contract details are to the T. I don't need to know what people make. I just wish I knew how long they were with the company. So it's all reckless speculation. Our favorite game show here on Believe in Pro Wrestling, it's reckless speculation. For a new car! I can't help but look at a guy like Ricky Starks, who has done amazing things with what he has been given to do in AEW, the promo that he cut was, was truth, right? He was given a noose. He turned it into a damn tie, all right? And he has elevated himself to his fullest potential based on the amount of opportunities that he's been given. Now, all of a sudden, it looks like he's set for massive babyface push as the time starts to roll around where if he did sign a three-year deal, his contract would be up, all right? So, like, I can't help but look at that and go, he is really good friends with Cody Rhodes and Cody Rhodes yeah. is over here and Cody Rhodes has been talking about, yeah, I'd love to pull some people over uh, to AEW, right? Wardlow, another guy who signed in 2019 in that 2020 span. If he signed a three-year contract, I, you yeah. can't tell me Triple H doesn't want to get his hands on that big beefy some bitch. You cannot tell me he doesn't want to get his hands on Wardlow. I, I mean, right I mean, oh. this was... Uh, when Cody came over, Cody came over while Vince was clearly in charge, even before all the allegations started to hit and people at AEW saw how Cody Rhodes was treated. He kept his music. He kept yes. everything that made him a superstar with ring of honor. And then into AEW people saw that and people saw, they realized that they could possibly be able to do that in WWE. Now that triple H is there, it's a guarantee that you could go over there uh, you, you might even get to keep your name. Uh, who knows? They've been changing names still. Hey, Angel but. Garza got his name back. 
All right. Yeah. So there's one. We that was one big question that we were talked about. Like, is 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 Butch gonna go back to being Pete Dunn? Oh, that's dudes, coming. That's uh, coming. or some of these dudes. I really wanted to see how Butch was gonna be presented on SmackDown last week, and he wasn't on the show. Yeah, that that's probably because they're they're repackaging. Give, give, or maybe not repackage, maybe unpackaging what Vince did. Call him Pete Butch Dunn. I don't give a shit. Make Butch's nickname fine. There's a compromise in there somewhere, but we are getting way off the damn rails for everything. We always do. Wait, we always do. But like, <laughs> look, at the end of the day, everything we just said, and remember, by the way, all of that is reckless speculation. We don't know shit. So, uh, Tony, if you're listening and, and Ricky's under contract for four more years, I apologize, right? Like, it was not my intent to sit here and say, oh, Ricky Starks is going to WWE, baby, hates it in eight. I don't know. Reckless speculation. That's all it is. I I said, I've said uh, months ago, I said MJF is going to go to WWE at some point in his career. Now, I think it might actually be 2024 because this might not be a shoot or this might not be a work. This might be a shoot now because we haven't seen MJF may just at this point he may just show up on Raw and 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 violate his contract. Like, could you imagine if that happened? I don't know if they would do that because there would be some lawsuits and legal action and things of that nature. But my God, could you imagine the headlines and the ratings if that did happen? But yeah, I digress. Dexter Loomis showing up the way that they shot it, they the way that they made it, they didn't even focus on it at the end of the night. AJ Styles beats Miz. Ciampa's getting involved. They're in Cleveland. Johnny Gargano on the mind of everybody. Turns out he was the red herring. It's Dexter Loomis who shows up. By the way, the same day that Sean Rossap puts out a report that they are considering bringing Loomis back. By the way, Sean Rossap put out a report on Friday that they were considering bringing Kerry and Cross back, and they both show up on their respective nights. So maybe that's the new line. That Sean is getting is like, oh, yeah, we're talking about bringing him back. And then, boom, those reports go up and then they're on TV. But this, to me, feels like the start of something, not the focus of something. And you look at Johnny Gargano still out there. Candice LeRae is still out there. I think they would be a package deal. You got Indy Hartwell, who's just floating along kind of aimlessly in NXT right now. Bring her up. Get Index back together. Bring back. Bring mom and dad back. And then all of a sudden. Now you can do something with Theory, who has thrived since Johnny has left. And has been on a milk carton. That you can build up there. He's been on a milk carton since Triple H has taken over. But I think his his uncle passed away. Yeah, he had a death in the family. So he's had to miss the last uh, week, uh, week, well, pretty much since uh, SummerSlams. I would be shocked if he's not back. Uh, again, everybody, uh, you know, grieves then, in, in different ways. So he may not. Was, and then it was next week. He may not be back to Clash of the Castle. Yeah, he might keep him was, off television until until he cashes in at Clash. And it was, uh, and it was public knowledge that Triple H was never a fan of Elias. And then, oh, the first time we see Ezekiel, look what happened to him tonight. Was that public knowledge? Where did that come from? I don't know, but it was a report. Uh, I can't, I can't remember who it came from, but because it was so I, long ago. Yeah, look, there's so many reports out there. I don't know if like. But then, if that's been if that was reported a couple of years ago, and then the first thing you see is Ezekiel getting jobbed, <laughs> stretched out a yeah. minute into the because uh, uh, he hadn't been seen since Triple H took over, and now he's getting stretched out a minute into it. 
Hey, maybe next maybe next week we'll get Elrod. Who, who yeah, knows? maybe uh, we're going to talk about Kevin Owens coming up. We're going to talk more about the world title picture, possibly theory uh, coming up as well. Last night on Raw, big night for Tommaso Ciampa, even though he did not uh, capture the United States Championship. We will get into all that real quick, though. Um, something that you might have missed yesterday, because I don't feel like it got as much headlines as it, as it really should. Uh, John Laurinaitis, Johnny Ace. The former head of talent relations terminated by WWE. We wish him all the best in his future endeavors. And all I can say is, hey, kids, I'm sorry. Budget cuts are a bitch. Uh, you know, obviously everything that's going terrible. Johnny Ace impersonation. All why aside, why did they send my belongings in a in a trash bag? That's I very got disrespectful. I hope that, he got all of it. I hope I he got the budget cut get, line. I hope he got his shit in a trash bag sent to him. I hope he got all of it. I really do. I, I guess that I guess that that kid Phil was right when uh, you know I he was right all along when he dropped that pipe bomb. Obviously, this was uh, all connected to the investigation, which is still ongoing into Mr. Laurinaitis. This was uh, largely seen as a formality at this point. He's basically been gone uh, since everything uh, went down. So, John Laurinaitis, you will not. Uh, be missed by a lot of people backstage, according to reports, or anybody uh, who watches the product on a regular basis. Uh, if you guys are joining the show for the first time ever, thank you so much uh, for making us a part of your day. Make sure to hammer that thumbs up button. Make sure to hammer the subscribe button. Really appreciate the support. We are up to 410 subscribers as of this uh, recording. Can't thank you guys enough. That is tremendous growth uh, over the last uh, seven plus months here. Uh, by the way, if you're here after the show, check out my interview with Champa. Check out my interview with Bobby Lashley. They had a big match last night. I uh, got to talk to both those men at the SummerSlam Press uh, Junket. And I got one more coming up, by the way, Mr. Damian Priest, who is going to have a big match with Edge two weeks in Toronto. So that might be a good time for me to drop that interview. It's like everything's working out. It's like even Triple H planned that press junket. To give us dudes who are going to be doing stuff in the, over the next few weeks. What a concept. My goodness. It's amazing how like Triple H has turned that boring repeat rematch feud between the Mysterios and Judgment Day and has actually turned it into something interesting as we get uh, Rhea, uh, Rhea Ripley weekly beating up Dominic. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you got the yeah, thing with Edge sparing Dominic. Dominic. Rhea just putting the Dom and dominic every <laughs> single week is my he's loving new it. He, favorite of course he is of course he is like, oh, like hurt God. me ria hurt me oh, that, nope i'm not gonna go there I'm not, I'll t- <laughs> remind me to tell you a joke once we're done recording <laughs> oh, oh, all right oh i'm not i'm not gonna go there i'm not i'm not ready to go tv 14 uh just yet well you did say fuck earlier it's so. time to answer the five count on the believe podcast network all right, I'm not going to say that, you know, what I brought up earlier is the answer to this first question, but I will say, like, there have been so many times in the past that I have been given, like, media interviews for people, like, to promote stuff, and then their stuff got canceled. Like, it is nice that I have interviews to drop with stuff to promote on top of it, so it's it's really, really appreciated. That's a nice... That's a nice little change that I hope holds true. And that's not always been the case, by the way. I'm very appreciative of any opportunity that I get from WWE, AEW, or whatever company. But Jeremy talked a lot about the just subtle changes 
right? Just the subtle little changes that Triple H has made. And they have created a huge, huge impact uh, on the shows so far. So number one here on the five count, five big questions that we got today. Number one, what has been the best change of the Triple H era for you so far? The best one. There have been a lot of them. Again, not even groundbreaking, but what's what stood out to you the most? Uh, I would say the two to three week transformation of Ciampa from being Mrs. Cheerleader to what we got last week in two matches and tonight against Bobby Lashley. I, I think that, man, that holds true for, for several people too, right? Because you look at, you know, his first week on the job. Again, look at the talent that he's brought back. Uh, as well, Dakota and EO up on the main roster in a prominent role uh, now uh, on the track to winning the women's tag team titles, which we'll talk about coming up here soon. Uh, Ciampa, I think, absolutely arrived uh, in the last couple of weeks. Heck, he has been on the show on the job for a week. And Shayna Baszler is getting a women's title match for the first time since the pandemic. The early days of the pandemic, Shayna Baszler finally getting a, a, a big win. So, you know, things are going to uh, turn around for her so far. So I, I, I think, yes, the, the presentation of talent. And there's a new report out uh, again from Sean Rossap. Guys, just subscribe to Fightful Select already. What the hell are you doing? Uh, right. But anyway, like another report from Sean Rossap that they're getting ready to, to repackage T-Bar. Yep. And excuse me, it shouldn't be repackaged T-Bar. It should be prepackaged T-Bar. Give that man his name back, Dominic Dijakovic. I'm not saying you got to go out there and push this man to be a future world champion, but this is a guy who can go. This is a dude who is very, very valuable. I think Hunter knows that, and I think he's going to get a chance to showcase himself more. I think Mustafa Ali is going to get some more opportunities. I, I think that is definitely... They wrestled each other tonight. Yeah, on on main event. So that uh, apparently the match was a banger. I thought <laughs> I I thought Dijak was coming back tonight because uh, I I thought that uh, Triple H would throw T Bar out there in main event, and then you wouldn't expect it, and then out comes Dijak. You know, I thought maybe somewhere they'd put him in, bring him back with the old gimmick tonight, but that that didn't happen. It it would be again so many great things and i think the the returns and the character changes are going to get the most headlines and i think a lot of people are going to say that but man yeah. i can't help but i i feel like i have been the poster child for the last two years almost just screaming out for things to matter more and in the last week and a half triple h has done more for that united states championship that gorgeous, sexy United States championship that fits so perfectly on that almighty peck, right? He has done more in the last two Raws to make that title prestigious, to make it matter, to remind yeah. the fans what it means, that it means something. And then you've got seven dudes who are killing themselves over the opportunity to win said United States championship. And I can only hope bright things are ahead for the intercontinental title as well which still has not been defended on premium live events since the nigerian drum fight in tampa bay wrestlemania 37 we're closer to wrestlemania 39 at this point than ah anyway who do you who do you that streak's gonna get broken at clash at the castle because uh -huh. there you gotta be ridiculous it, you can't have you can't have gunther not wrestle 
in Wales. No, he's got to. Uh, so then it's like, who do you who do you put him up against? And I'm kind of wondering. It's like, well, we got what three weeks probably until this clash at the castle. Uh, who's by themselves that is a solid and formidable and believable singles opponent? And I kind of wonder if it's Kofi Kingston. Possibly, but they've been doing stuff with with the Viking Raiders. Um, and and again, that's that's another change that still needs to happen, right? Like the they still need to restructure the rosters and reshuffle things. I don't think the draft can come soon enough. I think the draft is supposed to be early September, if I'm not mistaken, right? Like it's supposed to be early to mid September after class. Yeah. So we're yeah, getting the close. plan. We're getting close. So, I mean, you would ha- you would have to think Gunther would be there. And now I'm curious because now I'm, I got to pull up. It almost uh, feels th- like the, the Viking Raiders thing is just running its course, though. And if yeah. you've got if you've injured Xavier, that what they did did not that, you know, it seems like he would be out for like a month or two. I know they, who it's going to be, what they did. It's, uh, it's going to be Sami Zayn. It's going to be Sami Zayn because you got to think back to the exchange that he had with the Usos on Friday where the Usos were like, hey, you need to pull your weight or we're taking your damn shirt. We got six titles between Reigns and the and, and us. Where's your gold? Right. They didn't say that directly, but they did say that. So I think you should just go for the 24 seven title and <laughs> I got my gold, boys. Somebody said that. Somebody said it would be great if Sammy won the 24-7 title and then paraded it around like it meant shit. Yeah. It didn't. I would love it if Roman just like showed up and grabbed the belt off of him and just literally like snapped threw it in the, half or chucked the it Missouri, in the threw it in the Mississippi River. I, I, I have always said that the best way to get rid of the 24-7 title, which does need to go. And it has not, we have not seen any of that 24-7 title BS, which might be the best change that Triple H has made so far since he took over on Raw. We saw Dana Brooke carry it down to the ring on Monday. That is the most that it's 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 been there. You know what he should it do? Sucks for the, it sucks for the people in that division, but I have always thought that the best idea would be to have somebody throw it away in a dumpster. Our truth pops out, says, I got my baby back. He jumps out, he does a heel click, and he rides off into the sunset, never to be seen again. The 24-7 championship, not our truth. Our truth is amazing. He needs to be on TV more. But they, that, they, that's what needs to happen. They should do one of two things with that title. They should either uh, change it to the back, uh, uh, reinstate the European title, or have a secondary singles women's title because Dana Brooke holds that belt right now. Uh, that would be a good opportunity for Triple H just to say, hey, we're getting rid of this, but introducing this, and your first champion is Dana Brooke, who's been working very hard and has improved in the ring over the last couple of years. I think that would be a great idea to to get rid of the 24-7, create a secondary women's title, Give it and and the first champion be Dana Brooke. Yeah, look, sign me up for that. Um, sure. if you want to keep the twenty four seven, I I I've been preaching a secondary women's uh you know, mid card championship secondary title. I've been preaching that for a while. It's never and happened I, in and, WWE, and I, and I get, has it? I don't think so. And I get people who scream at me. It was like, oh well, they have it because they have the women's tag team. No, especially under Triple H's watch, they're gonna have plenty of women to fight for plenty of shit. All right, yeah. like you got there, there's a lot. All right. They just threw eight tag teams together tonight. We'll 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 talk about that. But they, they just, just brought they just brought much... back three women. Uh, yeah, and they're like, and... guess what? They're gonna bring back more guys. There's more like, coming, they, yeah. There's more coming. More reinforcements are coming. Triple H has no plans of slowing down, and that's what makes this so freaking exciting. 
everybody's talking about, oh, my God, it's so great. All these ex-WWE people are going over to AEW. I have long said, okay, that's great. I'm happy they have jobs. It's nice to see them on TV again. But I have long said it is going to get really, really fun when that turns into a two-way street. Mm-hmm. And I know they ain't pulling people from AEW yet outside of Cody Rhodes, but just the fact that we are going to be getting reinforcements back to WWE. <laughs> That's a pretty that damn actually, big pull, though. <laughs> it's a hell of a pull. Hell of a pull. But, I mean, damn it, man. Just the fact that reinforcements are coming in WWE seems to be investing into its on-screen product because that's what they care about now. Yeah, I mean. It it rejuvenates me as a wrestling fan. It gets me excited. We all win. I I can go back and forth on the answer to this first question that we're on right now, whether it's the bringing back of the talent, enhancing talent, or making things matter. The point is Triple H has been doing a lot of really, really good things right now. I love what yeah. he's done for the United States Championship, and we'll talk about those mid-card titles uh, coming up here again real soon. And when it's all good, we teasing. all win. Yes, precisely. It's not all been sunshine and roses, though. Let's not let's not say it's been perfect TV, because it hasn't been perfect TV. No. But those three hours have been flying by. They really have. The last they two weeks. They really have. What's been his biggest misstep so far, Jeremy? One B here. One B. What has been Triple H's biggest misstep? Jesus. It's amazing when you can't think of an answer immediately. Oh, allow me then, because this is a slam yeah, dunk. I'm, this, is, is, this is a slam dunk. He hasn't gotten rid of um, Kevin Dunn yet? Is that is that a misstep? No. Uh, the biggest misstep without question is what they is the position that they put poor Liv Morgan in on Friday. The oh booking, yeah, the booking that they did for Liv Morgan at SummerSlam was was that him though, or was that trash. was that still Vince's plans? He's look, he booked the match right, like whoever produced it, whatever it was, whoever's fault it was, it still falls under Triple H's watch because he was in charge of creative well, at that you, point. You said the that match, it, it didn't truly. Was, the match was it, on the card. You just said earlier that it didn't truly start till the Raw after, though. I understand that it. No, what I'm talking about is so I was thinking of the direction. raw after going forward. What I was talking about was his creative direction. Yeah, the direction of the path to SummerSlam was already laid out in front of him. He had this match. He made the call. He put his stamp all over SummerSlam, but it wasn't his card. He still had the match. He still made the decision, made the right call, put still had the title on Liv Morgan. But the way that she was booked in that match to where she basically got her ass whooped, and then she tapped out, and the only reason why she still held on to the championship was because the ref sucked at his job. <laughs> that was supposed to be the setup to turn Ronda Rousey, Ronda Rousey heel, and instead what you get in Greenville, South Carolina on Friday is poor Lynn Morgan getting booed out of the building and chance you tapped out and Ronda Rousey chance. That is not what you want. The only saving grace here for Liv Morgan is I think Triple H is smart enough and patient enough to go, okay, that was one crowd. Yeah. That was one well, crowd. And on top of that, that's not heading into that one crowd. We're not going to panic. That same damn crowd chanted her name like 10 minutes later while she was sitting at ringside. It's almost like fans are fickle. 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 And by the way, I'm so happy that Shayna Baszler is getting the shot at Clash yeah. of the Castle. But as so many people I saw on social media who were who were jumping up and down and, you know, thanking Jesus that Liv Morgan won the SmackDown Women's Championship. I saw some of those same people going, 
oh, I hope they put the title on Shayna at Clash of the Ch- Clash of the Castle. I'm like, will you people I, make well, up your goddamn minds? Will you stop? I, I hope they add Ronda people, to the match. So many people are just ready for the next thing, like four days after. Can we let some sh- like? I hope they add Ronda to the match and they work together on live for so long. And then they build that. You got the crowd just anticipating for the moment that they finally slug after each other. Cause that never happened in that one tag match. Uh, they never touched. They stared, they stared each other down, but never touched. So I, I wanted them in the women's tag team title tournament. They yeah. are not in the women's tag. Team oh title God. Tournament. That's another thing. We'll we'll get there. We, we will get there. We, we got, we got a few more to go, but still, uh, the biggest misstep is how they have booked Liv Morgan so far, uh, in her match against Ronda Rousey. Again, the end result was the right one. She walked away with the championship. Everything yeah. else about that was, was just wrong. Let's, it was see how, wrong. let's see what this crowd does, uh, this Friday. Exactly. Again, it was one crowd. They got plenty of time to change it up. She should win at clash at the castle. She should beat Shayna. She should beat Ronda. She should beat Charlotte. Like, that should be her run as champion. And then after that, it's all gravy. But you have a chance here to make Liv Morgan, and so far they have not done it. They have decided to go, oh, she's still the underdog. She's still she's still a fluke champion. She hasn't really earned it. That's exactly what you did with Nikki last year, and it, it didn't work because you took the title off of her after a month and a half. I am hoping they don't go that route with Liv Morgan. I think if Vince was still in charge, he would hit the panic button after Friday, oh, even though it would have been match his on damn Friday. Fault. Yeah, it would have <laughs> been his damn fault. Uh, but I think Triple H is smart enough to go, all right, that was our bad. We screwed it up. That was one crowd reaction. Let's get this train back on the tracks. Yeah. Uh, uh, we did have a report uh, once again from Sean Rossap uh, that the reason why Karrion Cross was back in the main event scene, well, not back in the main event scene because he was never there in WWE, but back in WWE and immediately thrust into the main event scene is because Roman needs not one, but two challengers because they are talking about splitting those beautiful world championships back up and having a world title on Raw and a world title on SmackDown. And apparently you are buying this, Jeremy, buying or selling WWE, splitting back up their world championships as the right (laughs) move make the usa network ha- uh, had enough of this uh and said let's get this uh, let's split these damn things uh yeah th- there's th- there was no need to even combine them at all outside of the fact that they just wanted to have all the gold on the bloodline um so they made their point now i figured they would make their point and then split them up sometime shortly after that but no we are here months later while they're still unified but yes so hopefully for the love of god Let's get those things split up. I'm, I'm with you. I, I like the it, it doesn't make any sense to have one men's world championship and two women's world titles. I'm totally fine. If you want to keep the tag team belts together. Cool. Great. That's fine. I want this it, kind of split, too. But you know, no, you need more depth no. right now, though. No, exactly. You need Especially more. Especially if they're going to like profits are going to get split up anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the whole uh, Dawkins is going to be. Why did you have to get yourself kicked out? You weren't there to save me from that stop. Oh, that's coming. There's but it, it, look, uh, that's just a quick sidebar. Another great showing for Angelo Dawkins on Monday. Yeah. By the way, Seth Rollins is starting to rack up some wins. By the way, he has now won three matches in a row after oh, no, losing 28 of his last 31, 28 of his last 31, including house show matches. Seth Rollins mm-hmm. had lost triple H comes in. Yeah. They pulled him from SummerSlam, but he's now won three straight matches, including over Ford 
and Angelo Dawkins. It's interesting to see where that is going to go. 100% buying this. 100% buying this, that splitting up the world titles is the best way to go. My question is, how do you do it? How do you do it? Um, do you... Because there's no conceivable way, unless Adam Pierce finally grows a sack and challenges the bloodline and says, hey, look, you're going to defend your championship separately in two separate matches at Clash of the Castle, or do they add Carrion to it and make it a triple threat match and then make it a two falls match with the first match being for the WWE Championship, the second fall being for the United uh, Universal Championship. You could take one or conceivably even both off of him and do so, you know, by unfortunately probably pinning Drew McIntyre uh, in, in one of those uh, matches. And then maybe you have Theory cash in and make it a fatal four-way, and then he gets pinned. That way you avoid having Drew. So you could have Cross beat McIntyre for one. And then you could have McIntyre beat Theory after he cashes in to win the other one. So you completely protect Roman. He's completely pissed. The titles have been split uh, up on both brands now. And you avoid having to beat Karrion Cross in like his first match because you don't want to do that. See, the booking gets very convoluted there. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's very, it's not going to be easy to split these no. titles up. It was very it, no. easy for Vince to go. They booked themselves it, into a corner. Ball, Fuck them. Winner take all. And that, that's what we're going to do. Splitting them up is hard. I've been sitting here all day knowing we were going to talk about this going, how the hell do you do this and make it make sense? And honestly, this might be one of those times where Triple H just has to kind of bite the bullet and go, fuck it. It ain't going to make sense, but we got to do it. I have uh, got your solution. Oh, boy. Here we go. Waiting for it. Cross and Drew team up. To beat the hell out of Roman. Okay. Like and, you just seem like a triple threat match. Yeah. Okay. They're in a triple threat. Be... They're in a triple threat match. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they both pin Roman in the end of it. I don't like that. Um, because I I I don't know. There's not a good way to do it. Unless you unless uh, you unless you throw world, unless you least... throw some fake verbiage where the money in the bank winner can only challenge for one title. So maybe he can only get one title for, for cashing in. I don't know. That doesn't seem to make, maybe it does. I don't know. They booked, they booked themselves into a corner. This, again, this, this is triple H triple H is going to have to get creative to come up with this. I like the idea of doing a two falls match to split the titles up. Yeah. If Roman wants that's, to hang on to him, he's got to beat both. He's got to win twice in one night. That's the best. That's the best way to do it. I you think. can have Carrion win the first bout, right? You can have Carrion win the first bout by pinning McIntyre. Because my whole idea here is is to take the belts off of Reigns, split them up, and still keep Reigns protected because you know he's going to be fighting Rock at WrestleMania. That was another report that came out that they are still going one hundred percent. That's the match they want to do at thirty nine. It doesn't need a world title on it though, right? No. You can fracture the bloodline. You can fracture the bloodline. You can make people question whether Roman is still the head of the table by no longer being the champion. And that can be your story heading into WrestleMania season to set up the match with the rock. The, the only way that needs to be for the title is unpinned before that match. Oh God. The only way that needs to be for the title is if rock has retired from Hollywood and we know that's not happening. Sorry about that. By the way, I accidentally hit a 
in a hot key on, on my board. A hot key. I tipped, uh, I tipped over my uh, my lamp here uh, because I throw my arms wildly and gesture, and that's why you got the, the they, twinkle, twinkle music here. Yeah. But I think if you do that, you can avoid having cross lose, right? You can, uh, yes, you're going to have to pin Drew in his hometown. That sucks. But cross pins Drew for the first title. Then you still have a triple threat match for the second championship. Austin Theory cashes in to make it a fatal four-way. Then Drew Claymore's him beats Theory, and you close the show with McIntyre as the WWE or Universal Champion. Roman remains unpinned, but he's still no longer the champion, and you've now split both belts up. And you know, and you uh, then announce that each guy is the official first draft pick of each brand. There you go. Going into the draft. There you go. I like that, that idea better. Is... I'm just I, I'm still sometimes stuck in Vince booking <laughs> to where my uh, my initial thought was a double pin because uh, they've gone that way on Royal Rumble. Bash, they've stack them. Yeah, I understand the idea. Well, no, I meant and... the double double pinfalls to, you know, you know. Yeah, um, they're both pinning him at the same time. Uh, you know, and I, it, I know there are people out there who are screaming at me saying, hey, look, you got a chance to make cross right by being the guy to pin Roman. And I wholeheartedly agree. That would be a way that I would go, but not if Roman's going to wrestle Rock at Mania. Roman needs to remain un undefeated, pinned, unpinned, because yeah. yeah, he's unpinned, he would lose yeah. the match, so he wouldn't be undefeated. But unpinned, he hasn't been pinned since December of 2019. Happy that Corbin. Streak, that streak needs to remain intact. I'm I'm bullish on this. I don't know why I'm bullish on this, but I think it carries more weight. If you're not going to have a title be on the line. It carries more weight to have Roman be unpinned for three plus years heading into Mania. That is yeah. your your big your big thing, and can take down big bad Roman Reigns. Before Cross got into the equation, I thought, well, it, it makes sense to make Drew that guy to pin him. Uh, he deserves it for one. He's believable for two. Yeah. Uh, he's in his home country for three. I, it made all the sense in the world for Roman to get pinned there. But now, if you do add Cross to the equation, then you can avoid that. I don't know if they add cross to the equation, um, but we got three weeks to figure it out. Yeah. McIntyre has also been feuding with theory, but then again, theory has been feuding with there. I like the idea of using theory as a scapegoat in, in that match and having his cash in be unsuccessful. Yeah, I, think, I, I felt all along I think he would Drew, not succeed. I think drew and Cardiff play mooring theory into another universe pinning him and winning the universal or WWE championship as the last fall in that two falls match would be the scene that everybody is wanting. And again, you still protect Roman reigns. Split up titles. I think it's a win-win. I think I've talked myself into this. That pop, that pop is going to be massive. Drew finally wins the world title in front of his hometown and for fans. Hey, we're excited about this pay-per-view now. Uh, Premium live event, but we're excited for this now. I've always been excited for premium live events because those have always been the good shows. Yeah, now I'm excited for Raw and SmackDown. (laughs) Yes, the destination's always been great. It's the road there that has been paved with potholes. And now the and now the the destination's looking pretty. So right. Now, all of a sudden, it's like we're, we're driving up the I-5 along the California coastline, just cruising down to the San Juan, whatever beach. La Jolla Beach. That's what I was trying to think of. Anywho, moving on here because we are already uh, 58 minutes into this 45-minute podcast. On uh, number two. Kevin Owens is back, baby. 
absolutely beautiful. He just he flat out murdered Ezekiel last that was night. Sweet, just that gave him the sweet. power bomb onto the apron. He was carted out of there on a stretcher, probably never to be seen again. Let's be completely honest. Uh, Triple H probably told him, "Hey, grow the beard back. We'll talk to you at the Rumble season, uh, and we'll probably never see uh, a Ezekiel uh, again. We'll probably get Elias or some other version of him back at some point. I could be wrong." But I think Triple H knows it was time to end that feud. At least he was smart enough to give us closure on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now it looks like we've got big, bad, badass Kevin Owens back. The Kevin Owens show is back. He even said, hey, look, I've been gone for a while, but now I am back. Everybody was excited. It looks like Kevin Owens is about to get a push to where, Jeremy? I don't know. Uh, to the my... moon. I was setting you up for oh. to the moon, and you fucking whiffed it. Just... <sighs> We we got to work on our communication, but hey, anyway, I, I, I haven't been looked, on I haven't been on as many live shows as I'm used to uh, lately. I, so I to the moon. There you go. Better late than never. It looks like he is on pace for a big solo push, which everybody's happy about. Uh, a lot of people expect it. Since that man has been a world championship, but I will ask you: Is I mean, making him a top heel as a solo competitor the right move? Because I will tell you right now, the answer is no. No, not right now not right no. now because what we should get is babyface kevin owens helping out the turning babyface sammy Zayn. i talked about him now going out and trying to prove himself to the bloodline challenging gunther for the uh intercontinental championship i think he should get his ass kicked there i think he should go up show up on raw and challenge uh lashley for the united states title and get his ass kicked there the bloodline could then, you know, just basically jump him for being a, in their eyes, a worthless piece of shit. And then Kevin Owens makes the big save. And now all of a sudden you got babyface Owens, babyface Zane, and they can finally tackle the Usos together, claim the undisputed tag team championships and give the fans what we've been clamoring for, for what seems like a half decade at this point. KO and Sammy dominating as tag team champions together as top-level baby faces, which is what the tag team division desperately, desperately, desperately needs right now. The, the, the solo division doesn't need a top heel. I think they have plenty of those. They need, the tag team division needs a new babyface team because after the Usos have now dispatched of New Day, Profits, and the Mysterios, where is there to go? The clear-cut answer is now pivoting away from my idea of Sami Zayn beating Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. Now you got to pivot pivot towards KO and Sami taking the tag team titles off of the Usos. Yeah, and I mean, what KO did tonight? I mean, it's not like Ezekiel is beloved, so you he could kind of getting over, but a lot of it was KO's work. You could still have this uh, this edgy KO be the guy to save Sami Zayn on draft night. Uh, with your next pick and uh, uh, just so happens that uh, that's the night that the Usos are beating down Sami Zayn. Uh, I, I've been saying this for at least two weeks now. Um, I, I thought I thought maybe the Mysterios would be a logical t a choice to take it off of them because they hadn't they'd been away from each other for so long. And then they burnt that up a couple weeks ago. So that was a blew right through it yeah so then then i said uh, uh you know a couple of weeks ago i go the only logical thing is to pair ko and Sami Zayn, and they would be the most believable team to take it off of them right now um yeah i, I mean if, if if the if this whole Sami Zayn arc with the bloodline doesn't lead to him turning babyface what has been the entire point 
of all of this other than to just get little segments like we got on on Friday where he just went my dog you know and it just pops the crowd you know other but, than that you know other hey, than his hey. brilliance like what 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 has been the point of all of this look who's in charge now exactly and look who and look who set up the best exactly. match I've and look who set up the best match that I will ever see in person probably in my lifetime when Sami Zayn took on Shinsuke Nakamura in NXT Dallas um so I'm not worried about what what the future holds for Kevin Owens because he signed a five-year deal which is now down to about four and a quarter boy he um, looks smart as hell for signing that bad boy now doesn't he yeah gets Sammy's- a match with Austin at 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 freaking wrestlemania is childhood idol that was with vince in charge yeah now triple h is in charge and kevin owens is thinking the my, my wallet is fat and my creative is just about to get a ton better yeah um so i don't know i it it, it depends on what they follow this up with ezekiel hadn't yeah. been on tv for three weeks so him beating up ezekiel i mean and then uh, you know he always gets into it with Ke- with uh, with uh, uh, the interviewer Kevin uh, Patrick, and so yeah. that's always it. And so th- this could easily be changed in a month's time at draft night. One hundred percent agree. Either way, big things are ahead for Kevin Owens, which is going to make a lot of people happy. But I'm, yeah, I I want I I want Kevin if this Owens dropped if, the, if this so badly. If this dropped with if, if this dropped with Vince six to eight months ago, Sammy would have been winning money in the bank, guaranteed. Sammy would have won money in the bank. Oh yeah, I, Triple I H would have taken that storyline of what if all the way probably to. I would have emailed it to him. I would have said, "This is gold. Here you go." I don't even yeah. have his email. I would have found it somehow. They probably would have drug it out until uh, close to Rumble or after Rumble. Sammy acting like he's on his side, and then one moment, you know, uh, you know, if, and then maybe we get Cody and Sammy at you know WrestleMania instead of Jesus. That'd have been fun. Actually, you know what? I'm sitting here saying, hey, we're probably guaranteed to get Rollins and Cody again at WrestleMania next year, but at the same time, I'm like, you know what? Could have KO know. and Cody if they don't do this tag team thing. A lot of different options. The future is unknown, my friends. It is uncharted waters, and I'm loving every second of it. Uh, one thing that uh, was another nice change immediately, and this probably should have been my answer earlier, was a renewed focus on the women's division, right? Mm-hmm. Like immediately it comes in, boom, Bailey's got a faction, Becky's baby face, Rhonda's heel. We're getting, uh, at, and then on Friday, after, after literally like 90 days of inaction with the women's tag team titles and no plans from Vince McMahon up until the day of his retirement, uh, we get announced, hey, look, on Monday, we're starting the women's tag team title tournament. We got to get were, them back. We got to go. They were treating Control, which I believe is the name of the group. They were treating them like the uh, women's version of the NWO last week, which was great. That yeah. was uh, some good stuff last week with those girls. And uh, look, yeah, I, I love the the confrontation and the um, uh, promo exchange and the brawl that started out the show uh, yep, last night. Good. Yep. Uh, setting up a six-woman tag or a trios tag, whatever you want to call it, at Clash at the Castle. That was great. Uh, that was a match that I predicted would happen, uh, except insert Becky Lynch instead of Alexa Bliss. So they kind of had to pivot there uh, with, uh, with with Alexa taking her spot with Becky's separated shoulder. But regardless, uh, Alexa and Asuka are going to be tagging as part of the women's tag team title tournament. 
That was uh, the full bracket laid out last night, and oh boy, what kind of what, um, kind of what kind of random number generator did they use to put these teams together? Yeah, man, <laughs> it's it's not good, right? Like, it's not. This is not intriguing to me. Um, and I like. Don't get me wrong. Please don't get me wrong. If you're looking at it, let, let's run down the teams that are still in it. Uh, EO Sky and Dakota Kai beat Tamina and Dana Brooke last night, so Dana and Tamina are out. Eosky and Dakota Kai move on to the semifinals. They will face the winner of Alexa Bliss and Asuka. Still a random team, but you know what? They they have been working with one another the last few weeks. That's great. They're they're there. That makes sense. They're going up against Nikki Ash and and Dewdrop. Makes total sense. They're like the longest reigning tag team in the entire division right now. So okay, that side of the bracket. Fine. You want to throw Tamina and Dana in there as cannon fodder for control or whatever the hell they're going to be called. Sky Kai. Fine. I totally get it. Then we move over to the right side of the bracket. And I, I like, I'm, I'm, I genuinely don't, I don't know what this is. I got an idea on the bottom, right? By the way, I I'm, I'm glad you do because yes, the teams are Raquel and Aaliyah. Zaylee and Shotzi, Nikita Lyons and Zoe Stark from NXT, and Natalia with now I believe congratulations Natalia this completes the cycle <laughs> she is now tagged with every woman in WWE. Uh, she is going to compete with Sonya Deville in this title tournament. So it's going to be Raquel and Aaliyah taking on Zaya and Shotzi, and then Nikita Lyons and Zoe Stark taking on Natty and Sonya, and yeah, what random number generator BS was this? This I, yeah. I appreciate the fact that this tournament is happening. Happening. I appreciate the fact that they care enough and they are going to put a focus on this, but I look at this tournament and I go, where is the intrigue? Because right now, all of the intrigue stops after who wins between Alexa Bliss, Asuka, Nikki, SH, and Dewdrop. Yeah, um, uh, what I think is going to happen, I think... Uh, a certain toxic attraction is going to attack Zoe Stark and Nikita Lyons because you have a title match in two weeks on NXT. And if you attack Nikita, then Mandy has your person that she's going to lose that title to. Uh, she will retain against Zoe Stark, but lose it to Nikita. I think they attack them. So JC and, and uh, Gigi are replacing them to take on Natalia and Sonya. And uh, then they'll probably take on Raquel and Aaliyah because that's basically Raquel and Dakota 2.0 right there. Uh, they'll win that match. Uh, I'm not. I'm not too worried about that. Uh, but I think Toxic Attraction is going to take out three on two. I think they're going to take out Nikita and Zoe. Sure, why not? I, to me, this it almost I, seemed I like think... Nikita on Twitter last night was surprised that she saw herself on there too. Uh, pulled up her tweet, but she she even seemed like she was kind of like, uh, uh, okay, let's go. <laughs> yeah, this this just does not make any. This would have been a great spot for for Casey and Caden, but they actually won the NXT Women's Tag Team Titles last week, so she, she they're, they're not there. Yeah, they're oh maybe she got in trouble for tweeting that tweet. Who knows? Um, she like is she like oh no there it was she, she replied to WWE. She said, uh, "Let's go, Zoe," and a weird emoji face with her lion. So, 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 okay. None of these teams make any sense. Right? No, they don't. None of them. 
Um, this uh, and Michael Cole said on past on, on Friday that it was like, hey, look, I'm excited to see what teams get put together and how this is going to develop and this, that and the other thing. Um, you, you could talk me, obviously, into anybody on the left side of the bracket and why that makes sense. None of these teams make a damn lick of sense. Uh, Natty at this point is just, like I said, running basically trained through the entire division, women's division, as far as tag team partners are concerned. I'm pretty sure she's tagged with everybody. Uh, this just seems like, Hey, we need to get, we, we need somebody. Let's throw them in there. Uh, same with Nikita and Zoe. And honestly, the same with Zia Lee and, and, and Shotzi. I think it would actually make more sense for, for Shotzi to recruit Aliyah and be like, look, I know we had the thing. We hate each other, but damn it, we both need opportunities. So let's put our bullshit aside and let's actually oh, fight. That's the team that I could get behind. Could you imagine if they actually would have kept her together with Ember Moon? I I guarantee you, I guarantee you, that is a big one that Triple H is pissed off that he can't call Athena right now and say get they your put, ass. They put they here. put them together and it worked from day one and that i know athena hates tag teams i know she hates tag teams but i know she liked working with shotzi as well by yeah. the way check out my interview with athena it's still up there right now it's still good it's still good relevant because aw good. ain't doing shit with her right now good segue for me i look at this bracket and i go this is uh. EO, this is eo and dakotas to lose this is eo and dakotas to lose i 100 think they are winning this hands down here is how i would book it Aaliyah does not get into this tournament Aaliyah does not get into a single solitary match. The storyline with Raquel and Aaliyah is Raquel needed a partner. So she recruited Aaliyah and Raquel's whole mindset going into this tournament is you stand there. She treats her like Lana. You stand <laughs> there and I will do all the work and we will win. And that will work for round one as she'll beat Zion Shotzi and then yeah. round two where she'll most likely beat, I would guess Natalia and Sonia probably pin Sonia again. And then the finals will be EO and Dakota. This makes a ton of sense, right? Yeah. At least this makes sense. Dakota and Raquel, former two time uh, yeah. NXT tag team champions makes a ton of sense to have them back and, and win those belts. I think or, I see or, where you're going. I think I see where you're going. Have Raquel dominating that match. And then all of a sudden, when it looks like she's just she, Raquel just can't go anymore. Aaliyah tags herself in. She immediately gets beat uh, by Dakota and uh, and EO. And that's how they win the tag team title tournament. And, and they're holding up their titles and this and everything is great. And then it's boss. Sasha time. And Naomi. We get we get the punk Cena, right? You got oh, I would, but in between Dakota that holding up their that. tag team championships. Boss's music hits. Nat and Sasha and Naomi come down with their tag team titles, and then we get the stare off in the middle of the CM ring. Punk, John Cena. That's what we need. To, that that's the allure of this chant of this tournament, which is yeah. why I think it is so blah, especially on when, the right side of the bracket. I honestly think they they if they it was pretty clear to me that they probably couldn't get Beth Phoenix to come in and do this. That would be great to have her with Natalia. That would be the then Bellas you could them great. in the finals. The Bellas would have been great to throw in there. I'm sure they reached out and made phone calls oh, to get I'm other sure, women's yeah. tag teams back. I'm sure they did. I'm sure they didn't want to throw this together. Raquel and Aaliyah and Zaya. Random and number generator. 
And this is nothing to do with the individual talents themselves. I have long been pushing for these women to get more opportunities, and now they're getting it. So, again, I appreciate it. Yep. It's just that none of these teams make sense, and I don't think a lot of these teams are going to be together once after they're done losing in this. So They need to start I, building. But it, yeah. it, I think it might have made more sense to just do four teams and double elimination round robin. Like, it might have been if you – less might have been more. Might have been, it might have made sense if they just merged with NXT. I said that too. I said Tag that title too. and just have the but even Caden, if you yeah. have established if you have established you know established vets, they still come down to NXT, get a little pop in the rating, having a, a main carter down there. There um, might be some surprises along the way, but again, well, like I said, I think Toxic Attraction might take out those two girls because they are both have been uh button heads with Mandy Rose. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if Toxic takes that team out and right. uh and uh the and and uh, then uh, they end up, it might be heel versus heel, but the payoff is the return of Sasha and Naomi. It ain't who's in the finals. Yeah. Look, and that, that to me, like, that's, that's the point of this. Like, they're like, okay, we got to do the tournament. Cause we told everybody we we're going to do the tournament, but like this to me just screams. Yeah. It's going to go down exactly the way that you think it's going to go. Not going to make that moment any less awesome. No, Sasha but... and Naomi, which by the way, the latest reporting on that is, it's all but a done deal, according to Dave Meltzer. They just haven't like they haven't officially put pen to paper, but most everybody expects them that they I mean, are coming back. To WWE. It was a, it was an iconic end to Monday Night Raw when Cold Personality played for the first time in a WWE arena, and you had John Cena barely holding up his title because he was so embarrassed that Punk was getting the pops holding up the title higher. It'd be perfect to recreate that moment eleven years later. I think with Sasha and Naomi returning and uh uh this just in a a tweet from Indy Hartwell with just a simple thumbs up index is back baby give us index give us index um this this tournament screams predictability to me there is literally no intrigue on my <laughs> it would it would have been a hell of a lot more predictability if uh Asuka and Alexa were on the other side of the bracket I was gonna say like why 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 is you stack like the teams that made sense on one side yeah, no. That's another issue I have. You, I, I, what? That's what, just smells what toxic doing? attractions coming in. That's, what I are just, we doing? I, when are the I finals? Just... Like, did we have to introduce the entire again? It's pretty clear that the finals aren't going to be at Clash of the Castle because you've already booked two of the teams that are in this for that card yeah. in the six woman tag. So yeah. why did you rush into this? Because you could have waited until after. Like, you could have done this opening round matchup. That would have been fine. You could have done another one of those matchups, and that would have been fine. You could have waited until after Clash and then put Ronda and Shayna in there. And then that maybe, or, maybe yeah. other maybe they're, They maybe weren't going to blow Sasha and Naomi's return by putting them in the in the tournament. Their return is going to be after the tournament is done. Yeah, and then maybe that, that, that tournament final is to pop a Raw or SmackDown rating. Yeah. I, I love I'd love to know I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall for the decision making process on this. And maybe there was a good reason for a lot of what they did and it'll all play out. I'm willing to let things play out now. Uh in uh in <laughs> WWE. I right. And there and hasn't been quick, uh real quick here because we are we are way over on time and uh, I need to go to sleep because I have to get up for work in like three hours. Final question here in the five count on the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. Champa did not win the United States Championship last night, even though they sold me a ticket 
several times in that <laughs> match. I when he started talking about Harley Race, yeah, and the first ever United States champion and how he trained him and that he had the he walked down with the Harley Race robe on. I'm sitting here going, they are about to crown this beautiful son of a bitch. Like I am, I was all for it. Like I knew there was going to be some shenanigans involved. I, I was sold the bill of goods before the match. I was sold it several times during the match with some of those near falls that they were able to pull off. In the end, Lashley does retain the United States Championship. It uh, later set on uh, The Miz and AJ Styles later on in the night, which set up the Dexter Loomis return. So all of that worked. They were able to put all of that together so beautifully. Yeah, and with Triple H being as close to Harley Race as he was, when Harley was alive, you're like, ain't no way they're going to bring his name and his robe out there and have him lose. No, of course they did. Because you know why? No one thought Ciampa was winning before that. Other than idiots like me, nobody thought Ciampa had a chance. They yeah. did a perfect job of selling you the goods and making you believe that Ciampa had a legitimate chance of winning last night. And some could argue he should have won that damn match last night. Oh, that was his coming out party. I just thought of that. Something. That was his coming out party. He has officially arrived. He is a big player on the main roster, and I am all for it. So true or false? With this statement here, Jeremy, uh huh, he did not win last night, uh -uh. but Ciampa will win singles gold in WWE by the end of 2022. Yeah, because he's going to take it off the Usos with Johnny Gargano. I said, Returning. Singles. I said singles gold. Oh, no, then. Cause he's going to win. He's, they're going to be, the, they're going to, if we're, if we're continuing the narrative of KO being a top heel, then there's no way he's going to do this thing with Sami Zayn. So no. now what is the next believable team that could take it off of the Usos? It's DIY. I would rather like, no, no offense. No then offense. I get, I get DIY. I get DIY and can, all that then stuff. We could, uh, then we could do the blood feud all over again on the main I, I understand that. I understand that. But I think those guys would want to break some new ground. I really do. Maybe. I think Johnny, I think Johnny would want to come in. I think he would rather, you know, they've wrestled and worked with Ciampa so many in each There's other. So no many believable times. team to take it off the Usos, though. Sure there is. Sure Ooh. there is. It's Ciampa and Miz. You were half right. Oh. Champa and Miz should be the tag team champions. I don't know what this perception is that Champa and Miz don't work together. If you're one of those people, watch my damn interview with Champa. He lays it out perfectly. It makes a ton of sense. I'm not going to break it down for you because I want to get those clicks. Watch my damn interview. <laughs> it makes sense. Okay. I, do, I, do, I, do, I just don't, I just don't feel like Kevin that's a... And Sammy, it should be Champa and Miz. I don't I think just... he's going to win singles gold by the end of 2022. No, I think he'll win tag team gold. Because yeah, we're not running much out of time, left, believe it or not. Yeah. And we got to have Lashley and Gunther at Survivor Series, so... I'm not saying... Yeah, we do need that. I'm not saying that Champa is going to win the WWE Championship and the Universal Championship one day, although I could argue that he should. But I do think he will win singles gold sooner rather than later. I just think sooner is on the other side of 2023. We appreciate everybody who has listened to all one hour and 21 minutes of this now one hour and 22 minutes of this 45 minute podcast. Lots Jeremy, digest. <laughs> it was a lot to break. This is what happens when you take a week off and we didn't even talk about everything. I just picked like the five big topics. And, and, and when you take a week off and business is good. I didn't even talk about my war games idea. There is an tease. idea. A There's a tease. There's a tease. 
for Thursday's show when SP3 makes his triumphant return. Follow him on Twitter at JB Huskers. Follow me at Rick Uccino. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Thank you so much. Again, hammer the subscribe button if you haven't already. Hammer that thumbs up button. It really helps drive our audience. You've been listening or watching the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.